You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, on Locked and Loaded, we have a variety of topics we talk about. We talk about guns. We talk about firearms. We talk about weapons. We talk about the politics of firearms, guns, and weapons. We talk about good uses for firearms, guns, and weapons. And then we talk about the enemies of firearms, guns, and weapons. That's right. The two biggest ones, rust and politicians. And right now, the politicians are taking the forefront. (laughs) Yep, rust and politicians. Or rusty politicians. Yeah, there's lots of those. Rusty, dusty, crusty, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they need to, we need to change politicians for the same reason you have to change a diaper. <laughs> they get full and need to be changed. Yes, but last week I was talking about, um, we're going to talk about today, extreme risk protection orders. Now, a lot of you have gone, what is this new thing we've, we're talking about? Extreme risk protection orders, ERPOs. That's right. This is the official terminology for red flag laws. Because what politician is going to tell you, oh, yeah, we need red flag laws? No, that just sounds bad. Anytime you see a red flag, that's usually a bad thing. You know, when you're, when you're, when you're looking for things and you see a, and say, oh, I should have seen that. That was a red flag. That's bad. So politicians call them extreme risk protection orders. But you know what? We should take a minute. I'm going to finish this up from last week. We're going to take a minute to go over why extreme risk protection orders are not only bad but illegal. They're illegal. They violate the Second Amendment, obviously. They violate the Fourth Amendment. They violate the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, and even the Fourteenth Amendment. So how on earth can any government push through these extreme risk protection orders or red flag laws? I mean, the Second Amendment is one we discuss here quite often because it is the one that clearly states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So it says it right there. No infringement on our rights to bear arms. Now, I know a lot of you would like to give guns to bears thinking it would be the same thing, but it's not. But so let's just say, okay, so obviously if you're taking guns away from people who have the legal right to own them, you're violating the Second Amendment. Nothing else can be said about that unless they violate someone else's rights and puts them into a class of criminal or felon or something like that in which their rights are sacrificed. But red flag laws come into effect when no crime may have been committed at all. Someone could have done nothing, but somebody could have pointed at them, said, he's a witch, and before you know it, they're trying to take his his or her guns away. The Fourth Amendment. Okay, this one's pretty easy. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and persons and things to be seized. Okay, basically they're saying you need a search warrant before you can go in and take anybody's stuff. The problem you run into here is it says oath or affirmation. Now, who is giving these oaths? Who is affirming that this person deserves to be a subject of red flag laws? 
So basically, you can't go into a house without a warrant, but they're going to say, you know, who who's responsible for this? Now, in a lot of these red flag laws, the people who are allowed to make accusations can be ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, ex-wives, somebody you work with, somebody you go to school with. Anybody can basically come out, point to you and say, oh, he has guns, he's he's a dangerous person. Well, you need to take those guns away from him. I don't want him having those guns. Or maybe you just decide you don't like guns, you find out your neighbor has guns, and you don't want him to have any. Because you don't believe in them, so you don't think there should be any in your neighborhood at all. So this is where the oath and affirmation portion of the Fourth Amendment comes into play. Nobody wants to just be randomly accused of something. That's ridiculous. But the fact that it's happening and they're following through, no due process whatsoever. Just make point the finger, make the accusation, take the guns away, sort it out later. That's not how this country was founded. You're not guilty till proven innocent. It's the other way around. Then we get into the Fifth Amendment, which is no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in land or naval forces. Yeah, not likely to apply here. <clears throat> or in the militia. That's different. They have the uh, the military justice there. Okay. We're going to skip over some of this, but basically you should not be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Now, when they take your guns away, they don't compensate you for them because they're going under the assumption that, oh, it's still your property. We're just going to hold on to it for a while. And what happens here is our founding fathers put into place a means to secure life, liberty, and property from being violated without due process of law. That's right. If it's yours, it should remain yours. Unlike Bernie Sanders, who thinks what's yours belongs to him and everybody else, that's not how this country works. That's a clear and present violation of the Fifth Amendment. And the fact that they can do this without due process, they can get a warrant, but the warrant is not sworn before them by anybody of any authority. You know, you could have a bad tender date, and your tender date can have your guns taken away. Completely ridiculous. In the Sixth Amendment, in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of state and district where the crime has been committed. Okay. Here's what we're talking about. Here, this does not have to happen. They take the guns away, take your rights away before any criminal intent any criminal doings have been proven so again guilty till proven innocent is the new way of the extreme risk protection orders there is no reason for rights to be taken away from anybody without due process we have to follow these laws or our constitution is useless there's no need to have it if we can't follow our own rules if we start changing them that much we don't we don't stay a republic we become a dictatorship, or we become a you know a third world country where anybody can be accused of anything, and you get thrown in jail until you prove that you didn't do it. And the red flag laws deprive us of all these guaranteed rights. There's no trial. There's nothing speedy about it. And the thing is, uh, as you well know, as we both well know, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's not you walking down the street that has a right to change the laws. It's Congress. Well, unfortunately, most of these are state and local governments passing their own versions of red flag laws. So they're 
They and, and that has been going on for years that the states and city governments, county governments, have been violating federal law for years. I mean, the same thing going on with the marijuana laws. It's crazy. They they allow marijuana, which is fine if you want it. That's fine. However, it's currently against federal law. Change the federal law if you want to allow states to allow it, or sanctuary cities. How do you let these these cities, these counties, these states allow illegals to do things they're not supposed to do by federal law? They just make up their own laws and figure their law takes precedent over the federal law, which it's not supposed to happen. So. Here again, red flag laws deprive us of all these guaranteed rights. There's no impartial jury. There's no public trial. We've never committed a crime. They're basing this on strictly intention or possible intention. Even if you didn't say anything to anybody, if they have no evidence to prove you had any indication you were going to do it, you didn't threaten anybody, someone can still point at you and say, take his guns away because I feel uncomfortable around him. Now, you don't even and now I don't know if you get to confront a witness in these cases or not. I would imagine a lot of it is kept private so people will be more likely to point to people and say, "Oh, he has guns, you should take those away." And if they keep it private, you don't have a right to confront your accuser, which is another thing spelled out in the 6th amendment. You have the right to face your accuser. So this is okay. That's the Sixth Amendment. Now we go into the Seventh Amendment real quick. In suits at common law, where the value of controversy shall, shall exceed twenty dollars, the right of a trial by, trial by jury shall be preserved. No fact tried by a jury shall otherwise be reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. So basically, this is the one that involves double jeopardy. You can't be tried for the same exact crime twice if you've been acquitted or been found not guilty. And anything more than $20, you have to have a trial. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have not seen a gun, an actual functioning weapon, for less than $20 in a very, very long time. And even back then, $20 was not a gun you'd want to have unless it was just a toy gun. <laughs> I started to say toys are us. That's right. If you, you know, if Timmy's high is shooting people with his BB gun, there's their $20 weapon. But, you know, so with the valuation of $20, yeah, nobody's going to have a $20 gun. Any gun they take away is going to be worth more than that. And, you know, we all know it's not just a cheap investment to buy weaponry. It's a hefty investment. By the time you buy the weapons, the accessories, the the ammunition, the training you have to have, all of it gets to be very expensive. And they pull the right for a jury trial away with red flag laws. Extreme risk protection orders, yeah, it sounds good, but you know what? Until they actually come to you and decide you're the one who's going to be in the matter of their investigation, everything can blow up quickly. You lose all your rights, no due process. You give up your property. I mean, every single amendment that we've mentioned so far has been violated by these laws. And I don't know how states and cities can do it, but they're doing it in other places too. Sanctuary cities, marijuana, state and and federal state and federal government is going to come to a, a head at some point. They're going to clash. Something's going to have to happen. Somebody's going to have to decide who has the reins, who makes the decisions, which laws preside over others. Now we get to the 14th Amendment. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law 
which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny any person within its jurisdiction equal protection of the laws. Again, if you're a citizen of the United States, the laws of the United States apply to you, and the state cannot take these away. Now, can they give you more rights? That has yet to be seen. Like I say, the marijuana law is a perfect one. They're not taking away your right. They're adding rights that apparently shouldn't be there or this federal government says should not be there. And, you know, and everybody's, you know, before you get on me about, oh, why we should legalize this or legalize that, that's fine. I have no issue with what's legal and what's not. I just think we need to set up a system where one law will be enforced over another one if there's a clash between state and federal government. If you want to have marijuana, fine. Let the feds deregulate it. Let them decriminalize it. Let them take it off the the list of controlled substances. substances. Then it will be legal, and there won't be any issues. So, and the 14th Amendment pretty much covers everything that the other amendments cover. It just re- repeats them, gives you a, an affirmation that this is how things are done. So, when it comes to red flag laws, every one of them that has been put into effect, which I believe is almost 15 states now, are illegal. There's nothing about a red flag law that doesn't violate some part of the Constitution. And these constitutional rights are ours. They were... They were fought for and given to us. Well, we're going to be right back. This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good day, good evening, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am Roger B., and you're listening to America's Web Radio, and this is the Locked and Loaded Show. We're coming back from our break where we're talking about extreme risk protection orders. We're talking about red flag laws, and everyone would think, oh, my God, these are terrible. They are. They're a complete violation of so many constitutional rights. But I just want to give you a quick heads up. Next week, we're going to have a special guest. His name is Clint Morgan. Now, if you know Classic Firearms, you've seen him in the videos, you've seen him in the unboxings. 
Clint Morgan is going to be our special call-in guest next week. Unfortunately, he won't be here in the studio, so it'll just be my ugly mug in the studio. But he will be available. We're going to talk about how the Internet is discriminating against gun-related businesses, against gun-related people who run businesses or run channels on YouTube and on Google. We're going to talk about the discrimination that takes place there. And how can these places be available to the public when they get to pick and choose who they allow? Would that make them – I mean, they are private businesses and they have this opportunity, but you know what? At some point, you're going to have to find an alternative to some of these. But we're going to get into all that next week, so don't miss out. If you know who Clint Morgan is or if you go to the Classic Firearms website, I'm sure you can see videos of him and, and Ben there. But Clint Morgan is going to be on our show next week as a call-in guest, so – be sure not to miss out. <clears throat> but right now, back to extreme risk protection orders because these are the – this is going to be the fire that's going to burn down the Second Amendment. Maybe I'm thinking a little extreme here and everyone's thinking, oh, you know what, that you're getting too excited. This can't happen to people. You know, As long as you don't do anything wrong, then what's going to happen? You can't have somebody take your guns away if you don't do something wrong or make threats on Facebook or come up with an Instagram where you're – pointing a gun at somebody, you know, they go after these people that are making mistakes, that are doing things that are wrong. That's how people end up under the the effects of red flag laws or extreme risk protection orders. Well, let me tell you a little story about a man in Florida. This man received a letter from his local sheriff's department saying that his concealed handgun permit had, be, had been suspended for acts of violence or acts of repeat violations. So they're saying, okay, you committed some sort of a, or domestic violence, and we and we think we're going to revoke your pistol permit because of this. Now, this is was a surprise to him because none of this had ever happened. He had never been accused of domestic violence. He had never had any acts of violence in his life that were documented and Put through to a criminal source. So how would any of this, you know, even be known? It turns out that they were coming after him because it was a case of mistaken identity. The man shared a name with a thug, basically. So this law-abiding citizen was being threatened to have his concealed weapons permit revoked because he had a similar name to somebody who was a criminal. So he went to the county sheriff's office in Florida. To, uh, he started. He filled. He was filling out a form, stating he was not the person in this order, and that you know they need to leave him alone. Go find the real person who this is, because this was not him. So at this point, the clerk says, "Okay, you need to go speak to the sheriff's office." So the sheriff's office supplied Carpenter with a copy of the injunction. In the statement, the plaintiff stated that she rented a room out to Jonathan Edward Carpenter and his girlfriend. She alleged Carpenter was a drug dealer who broke her furniture, sold all her belongings without a permission. He had a gun, and she feared for her life, and she was not sure if the firearm was legal or not. Now, the woman in question had never met this Carpenter. It was somebody else. But because he shared a name... There was nothing else they could do except follow through. And even though he was there in the sheriff's office trying to prove he was not this person. I mean, the man in question was five foot eight. Carpenter, the good carpenter was 5'11". 
The drug dealer was 110 pounds. Carpenter is over 200 pounds. The man had black hair. The good carpenter, he was bald. And the other man in question was covered in tattoos from head to toe. Carpenter had a few. They were more discreet. So even though it was obvious it was the wrong person, obvious. I mean, even the police were, it was obvious. Okay, we got the wrong person here. There's nothing we can do about this. But you know what? They went ahead and followed through anyway. They decided to follow through and try and take this man's guns away. Even though they knew they were doing the wrong thing, they decided to do it anyway. So the last thing on this guy's mind was having to turn his gun over. He, he did nothing wrong. There was nothing in his background, nothing, no charges against him, nothing pending, no court cases coming. But he said he had to surrender his gun without any due process whatsoever. Now, here's where things get really crazy. So Carpenter's firearms had to remain in police custody until the plaintiff can say in court he's not the man that she filed the complaint against. Then he has to petition the court to get his firearms back, and he would have to pay for all the expenses involved. Now, he'll get a court date later on this month, but this is exactly the kind of thing that red flag laws are going to just allow to run rampant. Anybody can make an accusation, even if it's a case of someone thinks you're somebody else. If you have a brother or cousin who looks like you, and he's not as up uh, on the up and up as you are, they'll start pointing fingers, and boom, they take everything away, pull your rights away, without ever having to prove anything. So this is why, if you're thinking red flag laws only apply to criminals, think again. This could happen to this man in Florida. It could happen to you. It could happen to me. It, and unfortunately, this is going to change the way people interact on a daily basis. Not right away, but people are going to they're going to hesitate to talk to certain people about guns or about weapons they may have. They're not going to, you know, be as obvious about what they have or don't. They're not going to be able to flaunt their Second Amendment rights. You know, if you walk out to the car to put your guns in the car to go shooting, you're going to have to do it in the middle of the night or do it with blankets over it because you don't want your neighbors seeing this. Who knows? Maybe your neighbors are huge anti-gun nuts, and if they see you walking around with guns, they're going to call for an extreme risk protection order against you because they don't want you living in their neighborhood with guns. They don't think anybody should have them. So just be aware of this. This is going to be a backdoor way for complete gun control. Everybody can point at everybody, and with no due process whatsoever, they take them away, and then you have to prove your innocence, and then you have to pay to get them back. Now, I could see this in very liberal states becoming an easy way. Once they get guns taken away, oh, well, now you have to file with the court, and that's going to be $500. Oh, if you want a trial or you want to go before a judge, that's going to be $1,000. So basically, they're going to keep charging you or making fees to make it more expensive, more difficult, and a lot of people are just going to walk away and say it's not worth it. So be aware. Don't let these laws, if you have a way where you can stop someone who's in a city or county government from pushing these laws through, or you can speak to a group of people as they're listening to these politicians call for these laws, by all means, get out, make a statement, explain what could happen to innocent people. You know, Roger, like I said the other day when we were talking about this uh, on your show, um, I don't know what statistics there are, but I guarantee you without a shadow of a doubt that the homicides within families, 
within neighborhoods, within businesses, are going to increase. You know, you walk into my office and I think, well, hey, old Roger, I know he has a lot of guns. And uh, I did until that tragic boating accident. That, that, yeah, it was. It was bad. <laughs> I think it made uh, America's Web Radio newsroom. That's right. The Titanic looks small in comparison. That's right. But, but you know what? I, you know, it's going to be uh, open season. Somebody's going to get ticked that their next door neighbor turned them in. And I guess you do have, you may not be able to face your accuser, but you can at least get a name, can you? That I don't know. If that's available, that is going to, the confrontations that are going to ensue from that are going to oh. be ridiculous. Well, it'll be like Rand, uh, Rand Paul and right. his neighbor. Yeah, his neighbor hurt him so bad, nearly killed him. Yeah. And you don't think uh, a guy that's an advocate, uh, firearms person, isn't going to. Uh, be upset if he gets turned in by his neighbor or, or anybody. He wouldn't it doesn't matter. Or even if he doesn't know. Imagine the suspicion you'd have of all your neighbors if you thought somebody turned you in or people at work. Like I say, it's going to change the social aspect of everything we do. You're not going to be able to talk to the guys at work anymore because you don't know who's listening. That's right. You can't put things on, on Facebook or on social media anymore. If you go shooting or go to a range or do something like that, you put it on, one of your neighbors or workers could see it, and they could think you're dangerous. Because they didn't know you had guns, and even if you did, you're not, you shouldn't have those. I don't believe in guns. You know, and why do I feel this awkwardness of my back that Big Brother could sit out in front of a firing range or a, or a gun store for that matter. Or a gun show. Or a gun show and take pictures. You know, I've heard stories about this where they have cars that drive around gun shows and take pictures of every license plate in the parking lot. I don't know if it's true. I've never been able to confirm that. But, you know, the conspiracy theories abound, but it wouldn't be that hard now. I mean, a Google car can take pictures so fast and so frequently going at a, uh, a pretty high speed. I couldn't imagine they couldn't drive through a parking lot one time and get every single tag number, find out who everybody in that building is at the time or who their cars are registered to at least. Yeah, you know, it's it's Big Brother. and it's, um, Technology makes it that much easier yeah. for them to do this. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know where it's all going. I don't have a crystal ball. But, you know, a crystal ball looks into the future. You don't need to look into the future. Look into the past. Yeah. It's coming. That's it, very true. It very comes. True. It's like a bicycle wheel. It's going to come right back around if we let it. What goes around comes around. That's right. There was a philosopher who once said, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And that's exactly where we're going. I don't want to repeat history. I've seen how it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Not nice. Right, exactly. And a republic of law, which we are, most of them that have existed prior have had a lifespan of approximately 200 years. We have outlived that by, I think, 40-something years. So it's something's going to have to change. I mean, the government has gotten so big, so cumbersome, it's like turning a battleship. But eventually, we're going to have to scale back, scale down, or change things drastically unless people who don't have keep voting and keep voting to take things away from people who do have or do work for things. And that's going to change everything. You know, we talk about this. You and I have talked about it. Other shows, we talk about it. But, um, you know, 
And I appreciate the fact that a representative and our senator can't know everything about everything, you know? Right. It's impossible. They can't read that much. No. But, you know, they have all of their committees, thousands of committees, and I feel like this red flag thing to me just bothers me as a knee jerk, and knee jerks don't work. Well, they're trying, they're trying to cover the mental illness aspect or all the shootings that have taken place where someone said, oh, I saw the signs. He did this. He did that. He did the other. We should have seen that coming. See, I think all that's baloney. Right. Um, I mean, now, if you're sh- posting things on social media where you're threatening to kill people or threatening to go shooting in them all, yeah, that would be a sign where they could go and exercise an extreme risk protection order. We couldn't even pick up on uh, the Japanese were going to bomb Pearl, Pearl Harbor. How are we going to pick an individual that might be off his rocker? Yeah, there's rumors that they knew about that ahead of time, but they didn't think the Japanese were bold enough to go through with it, even though they knew the Japanese had plans to do it. They didn't think they'd follow through. But then again, the best story that you ever tell, anybody ever tells is, gee, the Japanese just knocked the heck out of us. I bet they're going to invade California. <laughs> you would have thought. <laughs> and why did they decide not to invade California? Because the general that said, we can't go into America because there's a gun behind every blade of grass. <laughs> yeah. Hello? Because, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, there's 100 million gun owners in the United States currently with about 320 to 30 million people. So approximately one-third of all Americans are armed according to statistics. Now, it's a possibility that the numbers are a lot higher than that. Because of how they keep track of that, they don't really. There's no registry. There's no ownership. There's no way of tracking who has guns in certain states because there's no requirement for that. You inherit things. You get given stuff by friends. I mean, I've had that happen. Somebody pass away and give me a gun they didn't want in the house anymore. You know, but in Georgia, that's I'm within the law to do that. That's not illegal. So, so you know, I... I don't know where it's all going. I think your guess and my guess are better than the guess of anybody in Congress. Right. But also, I want people to be aware. I want them to see what's coming. I want to clean the window a little bit so they can look ahead and go, okay, I heard about this. I want to look into it. I'm going to keep an eye out for it. I'm going to watch for it. That's all we can do as citizens. We have to hold our politicians accountable. Agreed. And it's all politicians, whether it's at the state level or at the uh, federal level. We have to uh, watch our politicians. And you're giving me the high sign you'd like a uh, break right now. So we'll take a break. We'll be back on America's Web Radio with the... With Mr. I'm sorry, he told me I'd call him Mr. Uh, Mr. B, <laughs> as in and uh, locked and loaded. We'll be back right after this. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving 
call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not... You probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Just a quick note, if anybody's interested in having your voice heard or you have a business you would like to advertise, we are we are open to that possibility. Just send an email to gm at americaswebradio.com if you want to advertise on any of the fine shows we have. Being one of the largest producers of podcasts in the U.S., you'd get great coverage. Like I say, that's gm at americaswebradio.com. If you have questions for me or you have comments for me or you want to, you know, tell me I'm wrong about something, roger at americaswebradio.com. And I take criticism really well, so just go ahead and criticize away. Also, keep in mind next week, Clint Morgan from Classic Firearms will be on. We're going to see if we can get him to answer a few questions. I know some of you guys have some. If you're familiar with... Uh, with Classic Firearms, you know, they're, I think they're probably one of the largest importers of, um, what do you call them, military surplus weapons in the country, I would imagine. So be aware that he's going to be our guest next week, so be sure to tune in for that. Well, all our talk of extreme risk protection orders, I hope, has got you scared, at least cautious. Don't think that this can't happen. I mean, right now, 15 states so far. Now, granted, that's not a huge amount, and most of them are the typical liberal states that are going to do anything to go against guns or push for whatever gun control they can possibly imagine. You know, they're going to push for everything. But as it spreads, it's probably going to go to every state in some form. Now, Trump has mentioned it before, but just last week he kind of smashed that idea when he was talking about somebody else. Uh, oh, geez, I can't remember his name. Fredo. Fredo Cuomo, yes, that uh, he said, maybe we should red flag you and take all your bodyguards' guns away and your guns away because <laughs> he was acting like a, apparently like a maniac. I did not see the video, but I can't stand looking at his face for that long. 
So, yeah, so it looks like Trump has come down and finally realized red flag laws, the way they are put together right now, are not the way to protect anybody. But, of course, now, of course, in the last few years, ever probably since 2007 or 2008, the sales of guns have been fantastic. Well, assuming you like guns. Yeah, sales have been up. Uh, product lines have been increasing. You've had great price reductions because of the supply has picked up so much. But, of course, there's always going to be people who want to stop that, who want to slow it down. Now, just a couple months ago in the state of Washington, the governor, the governor there signed seven new gun control bills, including one on gun confiscation. The first one was House Bill 1465, which requires an additional background check for gun buyers, even if they currently possess a concealed carry license. Now, concealed carry license means you've had a state and usually a federal background check, which is why a lot of states, if you have a carry permit, you don't have to undergo another background check when you purchase a weapon if you show your carry permit. In Washington now, you have to have a, another background check even though you have a carry permit and have and have followed through with all the training and background checks that they require for that. Then they have House Bill 1739, which prohibits possession of an untraceable ghost gun. That's right, ghost guns. Yeah, Casper the Friendly Ghost Gun. Well, and this, of course, includes any plastic guns printed on 3D printers, guns that do not have serial numbers, which are acquired usually through a do-it-yourself kit. It also bans the transfer of files for 3D printable guns. So you cannot give a file to anybody with a 3D printer to print you a gun. And you may wonder, oh, is this really a problem? It's not. Now, granted, in the future it could be, but right now, not an issue. But I guess Washington's trying to get ahead of the curve. I don't know. You know, this is it's a, a clear violation of Second Amendment rights. And I can see where, you know, someone who's uneducated, who doesn't know, oh, my gosh, ghost guns, no serial numbers. You know, well, most criminals are not that smart, not that productive, not that ingenious. They're going to take the easy way out. They're just going to go steal something. Now, House Bill 1786 authorizes police to confiscate guns from those served with a restraining and protective order. Now, I don't I hadn't want to get the details on this one because this would be interesting. Even if you are not living in the same area, if you've moved out of the area where this person has filed a restraining order against you, they will still take your guns away. Even though you're no longer a threat, but if they feel threatened and fire, file a restraining order against you, they take your guns away. Now, a lot of times a restraining order is done in when bar- bad marriages come apart, things like that. But once the people split up, there should be no issues. If they have a restraining order, why do they need to take their guns away? The restraining order is a law that prevents them from getting close to them. Do they think this person may violate the law? Oh, my God, if they're going to violate the law, what makes them think they're not going to keep some guns around anyway? It's, it's completely ridiculous. I understand why people would think that would be a good idea. But if you already have a restraining order, why are you going to take this person's guns away when he ha- unless he's done something to warrant that? Now, they have the Senate Bill 5027, which expands red flag confiscation to juveniles under the age of 18, permitting an extreme risk protection order to be filed against them and barring their firearm possession for up to one year and renewable on an annual basis. Now, this strikes me as odd because 18-year-olds are not supposed to have anybody under 18 is not supposed to have a weapon anyway so i don't understand what purpose that particular law serves 
I guess they can be in a household with weapons, and I wonder if they're going to use that as a way to try and disarm other people by saying, eventually it's going to be, if you have anybody under 18 in the house, you're not allowed to have a weapon in the house, unless you have some sort of locking mechanism or safe or something like that, or maybe not at all, regardless of how you secure it. And then there's Senate Bill 5181, implemented a six-month gun rights suspension from anyone under a 72-hour psychiatric detainment permitted by Washington's Involuntary Treatment Act. So basically, if you get committed or pushed into a, a psychiatric detainment, they can take your gun rights away for six months. And it doesn't say whether or not the determination of your sanity or insanity as determined by a psychiatric examination will determine whether you get them back or not. So basically, if they decide to examine you, you lose your gun rights for six months, regardless of whether or not you're found guilty or found to have an issue. And that's, you know, I'm kind of halfway on that one. I guess if they could stop people prior who have some sort of psychiatric issues, who have an in something indicative in their nature... They've posted something on Facebook saying they're going to do something. They've threatened people before. Maybe those people should have guns taken away. But I just I just wonder how far that's going to go if they're going to push it to something, you know, beyond like the red flag logs now, just someone pointing at you and saying he's a witch. Now, SB 5205 bans gun ownership to those with a history of violence found to be incompetent to stand trial but not committed. So even if you were found, if you were by reason of insanity or whatever, but even though you weren't committed to an institution, you should not have a gun. That one actually makes sense. I can agree with that. If you have a history of violence, if you've violated somebody's rights with a violent act, then probably you should not have guns. Now, I don't know how long that should last or if you should ever get that right back. That's going to be something that's in the details. Okay, Senate Bill 5508 strengthens concealed carry requirements requiring under applicants to undergo a fingerprint-based background check through the FBI in addition to checks through state databases. Now, most states already have FBI checks as part of concealed carry requirements, which is fine. That's not an issue. So you have a concealed par- carry permit from Washington. You've undergone a state and a federal background check. But then the first law they wanted to pass, the 1465, requires an additional background check upon buying a gun, even though you've passed a state and federal background check in Washington. So there's seven more things that Washington has to deal Washington gun owners have to deal with now. You know, and some of these are written, I guess you could say, with good cause, with good reasoning, and I understand the thoughts behind them, but they just have to be careful, so careful that they don't get out of out of hand with these. Because it's so easy for someone to have something happen where somebody can point at them and boom, their guns are gone. There's nothing else to do. Now, as long as we're up in the northwest part of the country, let's go over to to Portland, Oregon real quick. Now, I don't know how many of you were following this, but over, I think, this past weekend, they had a big Antifa protest, well, counter-protest to... The people who were there for the uh, the Freedom Rally, they had protesters, or actually they had people marching and congregating, and these Antifa decided they were going to protest the fact that these people were having, were able to meet, were able to congregate under the law. And this time, though, I have to take my hat off to Oregon, to Portland's mayor because he put police out in advance. 
she. Oh, my my bad. I was just pointed out that the Portland, Oregon's mayor's a she. We're going to get right back to this because the Antifa people are so much fun to make fun of. But you're listening to America's Web Radio. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and I am Roger B., and we'll be right back. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. Hi, my name is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're, when you get ready to, to, uh, insure your classic, classic, antique, or even your street ride, call JC Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. If you're from another gender, I apologize. You're included, too. I just don't know what to call you. But you're listening to America's Web Radio this afternoon, this morning, this evening. And I am Roger B., and this is the Locked and Loaded Show. Now, we were up in the northwest part of the country earlier discussing the new laws put in by the Washington governor. Now we're going to Portland, Oregon, for the protest. Well, the anti-protest. But this time, the mayor of Portland did a great job. She called out the police. She had them stop the Antifa idiots from trying to disrupt a legal gathering. So, but of course, the Antifa. Now, Antifa, that's anti-first amendment as far as I know. That's that's all they do is they they protest against free speech. Anything they deem as hate speech is they deem that they it, it shouldn't be allowed. So they're anti-first amendment. Anti-FA. Yeah, that probably works. Although there was once a philosopher who once said, although I may disagree with you, I will fight to the death to defend your right to say it. That was Voltaire, by the way, just in case you're interested. You can Google that to make sure I'm right. I may not have exactly quoted it, but it's probably close. But you get the idea. 
in a in a society where free speech is allowed, you have to allow free speech whether you agree with it or not. But the anti-First Amendment people, the anti-FAS, they don't agree with this. Anything they don't deem is in line with what they believe, they want to shut down. They want to shut down the free speech. Now, because they had the police there, these people were pretty much kept at bay. So what do they do? Instead of going after the people who were legally congregating there, they go after the police. They were calling them names or lashing out at them. They pulled no punches with what they were saying. Now, they did arrest 13 people of the anti, anti-First anti Amendment protesters. And... Uh, and now they were they were they were shouting out things, telling policemen that they should kill themselves because suicide is the only way out, you know. And this is just great. This is these are the words of a cowardly activist, you know. Why would you want to tell your local police department that they should go kill kill themselves, and telling you know you're just a parasite, you know. Now, unfortunately, last year more cops died by suicide than in the line of duty. And they're telling them this, giving them the statistic and telling them it's because your job is morally and ethically bankrupt. Now, I don't know how these police sat there, held a straight face, and just smiled at these guys and let them go on saying these things. I I could never be a police officer. I'd have to walk away or introduce them to to, to my billy stick. There's no way around that. Or maybe accidentally slip you know, and have a knee hit his groin. I don't know, whatever it took. And, he, and and they continue. He goes, don't be upset. They don't hire smart people. It's like, who says this to police officers? These are the people that are sworn to protect you. These are the pil- people who you call if something happens, if you need help. They will be the first ones to come. And they don't care what race you are. They don't care. They don't care what your beliefs are. They will come if you call them. That's their job, and they do their job. And another officer was taunted, being called a race traitor. He was called an Uncle Tom. And people were spitting at the cops as they walked past. Now, of course, the person who spit on the cops, he was tackled moments later by five officers. (laughs) Yeah, that just makes me smile. Yeah, you're so brave until somebody comes after you. So at least they shut these guys down pretty good. They kept... um, they kept it under control, kept them away, kept them away from the, the, the Patriot Prayer and Proud Boys through most of the day. They kept Those are the free speech groups who were there. Now, free speech is what we need to defend in this country, nothing else. These anti-First Amendment idiots, we need to shut them down without a doubt. And this is the way it needs to be done. The police need to have a way. If they violate the law, they need to be taken down. They need to be arrested. Make it expensive. Make it difficult. Make it hard to be a bad guy in America. If you want to be a good guy, get a permit. You know, go congregate. Go tout for free speech. But don't let these idiots shut you down. And I just... I have a feeling that this next election cycle and next year is going to bring out more and more of this kind of thing. The anti-protesters, they call themselves, or in this case, the anti-First Amendment people, as I call them, anti-FA. That's how they're spelling it, just in case you want to look it up. But you know what? This time, Oregon decided, this is our home. This is our city. You're not going to do this here. So shut them down. That's the way it needs to be done. Now, very quickly, we're going to cover a few things quickly here because everyone says, oh, guns are bad. They don't do anything good. Well, let me tell you, they sure do. Every week there are stories after story after story 
of people using a gun to defend themselves and others against people who would do them harm. This one comes from South Fulton County near Atlanta, Georgia. A homeowner shot and killed a thug that had broken and entered his house. The man woke up around 2.30 in the morning to the sound of a window being smashed and his dog barking. He immediately grabbed his gun, as any law-abiding citizens would do if they're a gun owner, in the face of the threat. As he approached the area, he encountered the subject in his home. Gunshots rang out between the homeowner and the subject, and at this time, the subject is deceased on the scene. The responsible gun owner won out this one. Even though this guy was trying to kill him as well, the responsible gun owner defended his house, defended his family, and we gave another thug a permanent dirt nap, (laughs) which is always good. That's the easiest way to avoid overcrowding our prisons. You know, if somebody violates rights like that, just eliminate them from the gene pool. We always need a little more chlorine in the gene pool. Okay, in Chicago... Now, this is an interesting one because a 75-year-old Chicago man shoots and kills one of the robbers, and the five teens that were with him are now accomplices charged with murder. Now, apparently in Chicago, there was a, a homeowner during a burglary that had gone wrong, and Illinois law provides that if someone is harmed during the committing of a crime, his accomplices are all charged with the crime. So because these thugs tried to rob this man and one of their crew was shot and killed they're all being held responsible for the murder of this crew member or their friend now apparently these teens stole a lexus driving into a neighborhood looking for an easy score they found a home with an audi parked outside got out of the car the homeowner 75 year old man went out to investigate the gang of teens on his property and at this point one of the male subjects advanced towards him with an unknown subject in his hands, the homeowner feared for his life, and he discharged his firearm. He had a small revolver. He shot at the approaching teen who had something in his hand. Apparently, he struck the thug in the head. Now, at this point, his friends grabbed him, carried him back to the stolen Lexus, and the police later reported that a knife was found right where the teen was shot. So, apparently, he dropped his weapon when he got shot. Now, normally, these stories end right here, but here... The teens ran back to their stolen Lexus and drove away. About three miles away, they came upon the scene of a car accident with police and paramedics on on site. One of the teens got out with their shot friend and asked for help. Now, (laughs) the authorities assisted him but realized right away something's going on here. They recognized the stolen car and pulled his friend into custody. The other four thugs hadn't learned their lesson yet, so they took off in the car and led the police on a high-speed chase. The speed speed topped over 120 miles, and then, of course, their stolen car ran out of gas. <laughs> but these guys were still confident that they would be able to escape this, so they got out and took off on foot. So they led the police on now a foot chase. They were all eventually rounded up, with the canine unit being called in to to find the last guy. Now, they said the elderly homeowner isn't likely to face charges, but the five other teens who were not killed will face a murder charge after their friend was killed in the commission of a forcible felony. So that's something to consider. I mean, this is Chicago, too, which kind of shocked me. I didn't think they would be so lenient on someone using a gun to defend themselves, but apparently... It's not as bad as I thought. Now, I imagine, I don't know if the guy had a permit for the gun or if he has a carry permit, which is supposed to be very difficult to get in Chicago. 
But so you may live in a peaceful neighborhood, but you never know when somebody may come banging on your door trying to start some trouble or your neighbor's door. You know, you may think your neighborhood is safe, but there's people are not going to go where they can't find something to steal. They're going to go where they think they have the best chance of finding something, which means they're going to go to a better neighborhood. Now, real quick, I'm going to see if I can squeeze this one in. In New York, a 64-year-old shoots and kills a burglar in his home. Deerfield, New York, he was burgled early in the morning when people came into his house May of this year and threatened him. The homeowner feared for his life, and at this time, Ronald, we'll call him, lived in his father's house and inherited his father's gun collection. He was in the kitchen when he heard people coming up the stairs from the garage. He shouted to him to stop, but one of them charged towards him instead. So Ronald quickly grabbed the gun his father used to carry and shot the two intruders. 57-year-old Patricia was killed in the house. Her nephew, Nicholas, died later at a hospital. After he shot them, Ronald called the police, called 911, went outside, placed his gun on the driveway, and waited for the police. Actually, perfectly done. You don't want the police to come in and find you holding a weapon. At least put it down somewhere. Further police investigation found out that the house was filled with what appears to be stolen property, including several guns not registered to their names, bicycles, televisions, and more. So these were thieves he killed. There was evidence that the people he killed were stashing stolen goods and had a house full of it. They could have even been, and they're thinking these two dead those could have even been responsible for a previous burglary at the same house. But they're still identifying all the items recovered, and they're trying to find out. Okay, so now normally you think this. Okay, this story should end right here. He shot people in his house trying to steal things. Now, this is a, a homeowner with no criminal record of any time. He acted in self-defense, no, nothing further. But anyway, in, in New York, he is being charged with a gun crime because he didn't fill out the paperwork required when his father died to put the guns in his name. So now he's got a felony charge that could potentially be pushed against him for defending his own home and his own life. Okay, you've heard it all here. This is Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B. Thanks for listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.